1: The Firefly Funhouse is back. Let's talk about it. I'm Tempest. That is Sat-E Neangy here on Sat-E Day. We are the House of the Black Mask. House of the Black Mask.
2: Uh, What time is it? What time is it? It's Sat-E time on Sat-E Day. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: So... What do we have to talk about on this fine sat eat day? We have to talk about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And more specifically, the return of an old Bray Wyatt. Because on this episode of SmackDown, we had LA Knight coming out and cutting a, a pretty typical good LA Knight promo, yeah. saying that Bray Wyatt should have gone back and lived check to check on his past glory, but at the Royal Rumble, he's going to show that those checks don't mean squat, that Bray Wyatt can't figure out who he is, that one week he's not... He's not Uncle Howdy last week. He is Uncle Howdy. He is him. What is it? He doesn't care. Royal Rumble, Mountain Dew, such and such. He goes and wrestles a local competitor. Halfway through this very short match, the screen flickers, and you get the, the Wyatt Six logo thing, and he doesn't let it distract him too much. He hits the blunt force trauma, gets the win, and then afterwards, we get the return. The Firefly Funhouse. This is very Interesting. Of course, all the puppets are covered in dust. They've been left for a long time. Uh, Bray Wyatt banters back and forth with the rabbit and ta- uh, it's the puppets, you know, the Firefly Funhouse shtick. And Bray Wyatt caps off this segment by saying that L.A. Knight was the one that opened the door, but he is going to be the one that's responsible for whatever comes through it. And in this, we get a, a cut spliced in between of Uncle Howdy talking
2: about some stuff. What did you make of all this, Sat? Okay, I wasn't sure how I had to feel because I, I, I'm not a huge fan of people going back. Mm-hmm. But then when he cut the promo saying that La Knight opened the door, it's kind of like the thing we've been talking about for months with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt came back as a regular folk, as a, I guess, as a regular person. He, he his whole demeanor is like a person that's in recovery for from from addiction of something. He's just trying to reform his past ways, but it seems like Uncle Howdy. And most importantly, LA Knight have pushed him to the brink of going back to his old self. So that is Bray Wyatt saying, he's like, I've, I've tried my best to be a regular person. You pushed me to it. So now I have to uh, embrace the, the darkness. So revel in what you are. From Mom's Uncle Howdy have been saying, revel in what you are. Bray Wyatt is taking advice because he's had enough. He's going to revel in the darkness. So let's see if that pays off in... Pitch black, and then you had Uncle Howdy saying, uh, "You know, I, I told you so. I told you so." Again, he's like the devil on Bray Wyatt's shoulder manifesting into an actual person.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't really know what to make of this whole thing either. Because I agree, I'm not as big a fan of the character seemingly going backwards to mm. something that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like I haven't really known what to make of much of this run from Bray Wyatt. I don't know exactly what the character is at this point. I don't know if that if the first few months that we sat through are now kind of like a moot point. It's like oh well now he's just he's back to being Bray I, and don't, I don't are don't we so. going to see the fiend come out next? Are we going to see yeah. more of a crossover with that old side of himself? I don't know. I was kind of hoping that the darkness or whatever of Bray was going to be something new. As opposed to something old,
2: I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out, but I think I think I think when don't worry, I don't think he's gonna be uh, Firefly Bray White from now on. I think it was it's I again I use addiction as 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 the metaphor here. It's kind of like taking a swig of, of of vodka. You're like, there you go, see, I've taken a drink, you know. Then then that that's that's it. I think he's gonna tap into other parts of his persona for different feuds or if needs be i think it was his way of saying see i've done it look i've tapped into my dark side you're happy now 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 i'm gonna give you what you guys have been wanting the thing i've been avoiding so i think we're still gonna get because he, he, he debuting new music for a reason so don't worry don't be like he's not gonna come out with wait if he does come up with fly bray white is it just so he can lose to la Knight and then have a rematch at elimination chamber that that may be it. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I assume that it was just for it's like a message. It uh, the Firefly Funhouse is a physical manifestation of him sending a message saying that he is going back to the dark side, which is to tap into different characters, which is what he did during the pandemic. He, you know, Br- coat leader Bray Wyatt came back for a bit in a feud against Braun Strowman, mm-hmm. which people want to forget, is a theme that he started doing, which is he he taps into different parts of his personality. So I think it was just for that one night only. We, it, the reason why we can't uh, judge... This storyline is because we haven't seen a match yet, because that's the most important thing, what happens in the ring. When the bell rings, when all the promos and the bells and whistles and the music is you know, done, the hushed tone, the silence, uh, are, are the fans going to cheer? Is it going to be a great match? I think we can only judge this after the Rumble. That's what I feel.
1: I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree because, you know, it is better to look at something as a whole when mm. it is completed and mm-hmm. look at it in hindsight with you know, hindsight being 2020 and everything at the same time, it has been four months and you you take what you can with that. But this to me was very interesting. I wasn't expecting the return of the Firefly Funhouse on this week's show. I was never like the biggest Bray Wyatt fan when he was doing this character like the intro in the first few months of the firefly pun house i found very interesting because it was like a deconstruction of wwe's you know mythos that had to do with bray wyatt with you know the puppets were the characters and he was talking a lot about you know in code but with vince mcmahon and different things and it was very interesting it was kind of a look a lot deeper than we usually got with wwe Mm -hmm. but that's not what I expect this character now to be. So it then just does kind of go back to the, the, the Mr. Rogers Bray that I wasn't a fan of, you know, which was after the debut when the fiend kind of just became this, you know, this super slasher movie villain and uncle Howdy or the Mr. Rogers Bray was, just his alter ego. Yes. I was getting more of a vibe of that from this than the actual interesting part of the character that I actually did enjoy. And I just don't know anymore. But, I don't want to be a stick in again, the mud when I'm, it comes to Bray Wyatt and Bray Wyatt-related things, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling this run that, so far. I
2: think I think that was done on purpose. Even when he was doing Firefly Funhouse, you can tell you can tell he's a bit rusty doing it. Right. He's interacting with the puppets. He's a bit like, you know, even like the whole butt crack which kind of showing. It's kind of like it's been a while. I'm going back into it. And what I liked in the end, this is what the that's what the ending for me saved the whole thing, because I was like you. I wasn't sure. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But then again, that was the last iteration of the guy we saw before, because it's kind of like maybe you know, when the Rotunda reads the tweets and maybe he's like, oh, these promos, maybe some people saying, oh, I miss it when you used to do, you know, interesting things. It's kind of like, hey, this is the last thing he has, you know, had from me. And then he did that direct promo. That's when he saved it because he said, see, you did this. And he put on the voice. And then he went, bye, you know, he dropped the, you know, the. the it's kind of like those brief moments was the real Bray Wyatt letting you know that this is not what he wants to do. This is what he's been pushed into. So for me, it was like, oh, okay. Okay, I'm still with it. I'm still with it because the real Bray Wyatt, I like the direct speech because when he's talking in rhythm, I'm like, uh, I'm so, I like the new Bray. I like the fact he talks normal and it's. And I think it's the riddles thing. It it gives you PTSD. I think seeing that character, it's giving you PTSD to how his last run went. But I don't think he's going to be Firefly Bray in terms of in the match. It was just, again, he's going to, Go to the dark side. Revel in what he is.
1: It'll be interesting. We don't know what we're going to get at the Royal Rumble in any sense, whether the character or the match or anything. We don't know what we're about to see. It's just curious. I don't know. I think, uh, again, I don't want to be a stick in the mud. I think I would have booked this version of Bray Wyatt's character a little bit differently, and I don't think necessarily putting off that first match for a longer period of time was... So much of a mistake, because that is one of the things that Luke and I theorized they could do while we were sitting here talking about the return of Bray Wyatt and Mm -hmm. how great the Extreme Rules ending was and everything like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go back and say that the thing that I pitched is a bad idea, because I was saying, do his first match at WrestleMania and just whatever, stuff like that, build it up. Mm. But at the same time, for the character that we have now seen over the last four months, I would have probably preferred to see Bray actually take steps towards being what he wants to be like keeping the darkness in because you know that that meme that everyone shares where it's just like it's the door closed and the latch is just like a Cheeto through mm, it mm. I feel like that was Bray Wyatt's mental state as a performer coming back and all this like I don't feel like that much happened to push him over the edge like he got slapped by a heel and he snapped and tried to kill La Knight, or Uncle Howdy tried to kill La Knight, whatnot. You saw the lo- the crazy look in his eyes when that segment happened. Yeah. The Uncle Howdy stuff, I think, is good as like that tempting thing that pushes him. But I don't know. I think there's a bit of a disconnect, and this might just be me of seeing Bray Wyatt trying to be better. Yeah. Versus actually like saying he's trying to be better. Yeah. Versus actually trying to be better yeah we saw like a one or two segments of him like trying to make men's with uh with la Knight and everything but la Knight wouldn't do it he wouldn't do it that's fine he's a heel and everything i get that but i didn't see any of bray wyatt successfully being better true he tried once or twice but over four months if this is a brand new character I need to see a change in him rather
2: than like the first thing be like, well, I guess I'm going to be evil again. You think, you think the the struggle wasn't really there. You didn't see him like at least like, um, you may, you never know. Maybe in the Firefly Funhouse, Firefly Funhouse match, (laughs) maybe in the pitch black Mountain Dews pitch black match. Maybe you may see the struggle there. LA Knight could, I'm starting to think there is actually more of a chance of LA Knight actually winning this match. Could well happen. But at the same time, it's quite, it's quite hard because, um, Bray, Bray should win, but I wouldn't mind LA Knight winning because I've found LA Knight the most entertaining part of this feud because throughout everything he's been through, he's still talking crap. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he's making it it's, I'm finding his character really endearing on the main roster. I've always loved the character, but I'm watching this version through new new people's lens. This guy is not backing down. This guy, you know, he's not running away spooked. I think that's what's making the feud really great. I think had he been cowering, I would have hated this feud. But it's the fact that this guy is talking crap and it's getting to Bray. I think Bray's used to people being scared and this guy's not scared and then he's trying to change but at the same time he doesn't like being disrespected he's got an ego he's a cult leader I think the reason why he broke so easily and it, it, they ain't that much of a struggle is because there wasn't much to keep him together in the first place he's still fragile mm-hmm. he wants to do the work but then he realizes to actually do the work is quite hard or oh, yeah. habits die hard
1: It it it's, it's tricky mm. I would like again this is all just fantasy booking at this point mm-hmm. but like if they'd gone in and done everything differently, like if, if not everything, but if they had done things differently, and if they had had a match without Mountain Dew involved and crap, yeah. If they just had a straight singles match, right. And L.A. Knight faced a regular Bray Wyatt as as we saw when he came back, mm-hmm. and Bray Wyatt's first instinct was to be like, "Okay, you've disrespected me. I'm gonna beat you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not I'm gonna." torture you, murder you, leave you in debris, whatever. But if there was that first effort made to be like, okay, we're going to settle this, but we're going to settle this like athletes, like competitors, a right. normal person. I'm going to beat you in a professional wrestling match. I think that would have been enough. For me to at least be like, and if that doesn't work, sure, then you go on to step two and you make it harder. And now he's trying, but maybe he gets beaten that first match. And then it's, it's, oh, this is actually harder than I thought. Then Mm. you just go, okay, maybe it's easier if I just give in. And then the next match you do something sponsored by a soda, whatever. (laughs) But I don't feel like there was that first step in that. We just went straight to, well, he's got to be crazy. So let's kind of fast forward to that a little bit I agree and fast forward I say having complained about them taking their sweet ass time doing this
2: I, I, don't, I don't that's a separate again it's, it's, it's one of those things we're probably going to debate uh, later in the year is whether or not they should have had two matches by now and this is like the complete of the trilogy I don't know because at, at the same time it's a new approach that we wrestling fans are not used to We I feel like because we're conditioned to like if we if me and you feud right now it's good it, like, look at Rey Mysterio and Carol and cross. It's not at a Rumble, I'm shocked. For me cuz of how long we're going to talk about that later. It's kind of like certain things you want it to be at a, at a big stage. And for me, Royal Rumble is a great stage. San Antonio, Texas. LA Knight's first pay-per-view uh, PLE, PP, PP. <laughs> What's it? What's it? P-P-P-L-E. PLE, That's it. First PLE and then it's against Bray Wyatt. For me, it's it's a it's a big thing. Again, we'll see if it pays off. I think after a Rumble, unequivocally we could say wherever it was bad or it was good, or if it's a one and done feud, which is weird to say because it's been four months of this feud. But in terms of matches between them, will it be one and done? Will they have a rematch, elimination chamber? I don't know, as Lex Luger would say. I don't know. I don't know. These t-shirts are too tight, too, <laughs> Billy. <laughs>
1: We will get into the rest of our SmackDown review because there was a lot of Bloodline stuff and a lot of tournament matches on this show. That's about all there was on the show, in fact, those two things. But we start with the arrival of the Bloodline and immediately... This show was on its storytelling game when it came to the Bloodline. Every Bloodline segment was excellent, and the first one is literally just the Bloodline arrives in two SUVs, and the Usos and Solo Sikoa and Sami Zayn all get out of one or whatever, and Roman Reigns gets out. Sami Zayn does the whole handshake bit. Yeah, you're doing, they're doing this. Yeah. They're doing this with the Usos. They're doing their handshakes. Sami Zayn offers Roman Reigns a fist bump. Roman Reigns doesn't do it. Walks by and Sami Zayn looks, looks sad. He's not down with this. He's worried. And then we cut into our first match, the best match of this show by a country mile. That being the Viking Raiders against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus, the banger bros. This match was everything that I wanted it to be. A great Hoss fight. It just
2: slapping in meat.
1: I felt so bad for old Eric, old Ray Rowe getting the. I feel bad anytime I see somebody take the Sheamus clubbing chest blows. It looks like the worst thing in wrestling for me to take. Honestly, I would take Walter's chop. I would. I would get slammed into like tacks before I would do that. You hear that, guys? You hear that? I don't want to take Sheamus's clubbing blow. No, nope. that just sucks. Ten looks,
2: beats of the Baron. Yeah, it's. Yeah,
1: I don't want to do that. But anyway. There were a couple of really surreal moments in this match. Right. I thought Drew McIntyre hitting uh, hitting I think it was I think it was Hanson with a Michinoku driver was just like, "Well, that's neat." There's some PWG nonsense, you know, with these mm-hmm. two guys, these two big guys on a WWE TV show. Michael Cole also gave a uh, a shout out to uh, Jay Briscoe and the whole Briscoe family, of course, after Jay Briscoe's tragic passing this week, which I yeah. thought was a very classy move from from WWE. And despite Valhalla's interference in this match, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus were able to pull off the win. Sheamus hit the brogue kick, got the win. I was a little bit surprised, like not that surprised, but... These two, I would probably have put in the finals of this tournament. This the match. Yeah, yeah. The match. I'm with you. I'm with because you. Yeah. I don't mm. see any other combination of these teams that could pull off a bigger or better match than this one. I agree. They might do brawling brutes and banger bros for some Sheamus, you know, in his cronies interactions and whatnot. Mm. But I would not be surprised at all if this match was the highlight of the tournament.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. That I think it was a big mistake to put them together in the first round for the simple fact that uh, last year WWE did a lot of work to rehab the Viking Raiders, mm-hmm. devoted a lot of times doing promos, brought back Sarah Logan, and then for them to lose in the first round is a big mistake. I mean, they took out a New Day. They did all the steps in order to make him credible as a threat, and then it's just gone in in one match. So I'm with you. I I would have I, I would have saved it. I, the caveat should have been. Bangor Bros, yeah, you get a number of contendership against the Uso, but you also get to potentially get Viking Raiders in the final. You shouldn't give it to him quickly. You need to give him that incentive to run roughshod through the entire tag division. So, great performance from the Viking Raiders uh, is unfortunate. They're now, you know, what, going to go to catering for the next few weeks? Cause It'll you- be
1: interesting. Like, yeah, because for months we've looked at the Viking Raiders and just said, okay, They don't want to give them the tag title shot, because then you have to beat them, you know, and it's Mm. not time to beat them, and they can just feud with other people and continue to rack up wins, beat the New Day, beat Hit Row, beat whoever, and then eventually you can have them face the Usos and it all works. Mm. That doesn't really work now does it when you just kind of then have them lose to two other guys. And I think you could have them lose if it is in the finals and it's big and built up to and everything. But now it is sort of like, well, okay. Cause the,
2: the positive you is go out in the first round. Who do you think you are? The Maple Leafs? Exactly. That's a, that's a uh, hockey reference. I do not get by news hockey. There you go. A for effort for sat. But yeah, what I was about to say is the only positive I can, I can grasp about any of this scenario is they lost to a main event of former WWE champions. Two, two former world champions in Sheamus and Drew McIntyre who are two volatile individuals who could cost themselves the match easily. But... That's the only positive I can take out of it. If they lost to like, I don't know, maximum male models who I love and should actually get a victory one day, then I would have been like riotous and tip over this table.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think they're dead in the water forever by mm. any means. If they were going to lose to anyone in this tournament, it was going to be Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Bingo. I just would have had it later in the tournament.
2: Because... 100% agree. I, I, I'm I, with you. I think it was a mistake doing it so early, but we've got this great match. But at the same time, <sighs> would have been great in the finals. Would have been.
1: We then had the next bloodline segment, that being Sami Zayn going and seeing Roman Reigns in his locker room. And Sami sits down and he's trying to say that it's fine, it's fine, don't worry, everything's good. He asks Roman if everything is good with him because he was like, that that intro on the, in the, the parking lot was a little bit frosty, just want to make sure that
2: everything's good. I could argue that was flashback to the shield. So you, anytime you do that to Roman, he'd be like, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that fist bump. I'm just saying it could, it could have been that. could be PTSD for Roman at all. Oh like, yeah. Last time I, I did that, I got hit in the chair in the back. <laughs> 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 so so he may not know. It could be it could be like re- re- evoking all kinds of paranoia, paranoid feelings into Roman. Oh, this guy must be close to me. Oh, fist bumps. Oh, who did that to me last time? Yeah, Seth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so. Roman just wants Sammy to give it to him straight. He's like, just tell me the truth. Just just give it to me straight. And Sammy says like, okay, well, yeah, because he was like, I saw your face on the show last week because Roman watches SmackDown.
2: He watches the when show when he wants to. When he wants to. When he asks him, tell me the truth. That means he, you know, is this this this, this is what we talked about? It's, it's the like Kevin
1: Owens thing.
2: Yeah, but at the same time, why didn't J. O. Jimmy Uso say watch the clip? <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Okay, but yeah,
1: as but saying, anywho, yeah, it it's funny. The, the camera in the show exists as a show. Half the time, whenever they wanted to, basically. But Roman Reigns says that he saw Sami Zayn's look last week and just wants him to, to tell him the truth. What's what's going on? And Sami Zayn says, well, I just, I didn't know that the Usos were going to be out there. And, you know, I really wanted to, to pull my weight around here. And Kevin just keeps saying that, you know, the bloodline's using me. And I, I just felt a, a little... And he stops he's like, eh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Because he knows that he's going down a path. Mm. He's, he's going down the wrong path here. And Roman Reigns just says, get out. And it's like, oh. he's he's angry now. Like calm Roman Reigns is like, no, 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 no. no, no. You're out of line now and you're going to get out of my face. You're going to get out of my sight. And in the meantime, the whole like, Every moment that Sami Zayn's talking, you got Paul Heyman in the background. He's just doing this. He's doing superb background acting, which is always one of my favorite things about this story. Is just the subtle storytelling from the other characters that don't necessarily have to be speaking at the time, but you still see how they're
2: feeling. It's brilliant stuff. Visual storytelling at its best.
1: I love it. It's absolutely excellent. I wish they did it more often, but it is all over this storyline. Fantastic. And Sami is told to leave. The Roman Reigns is like, since when did the tribal chief have to run all his plans by the honorary ooze? When, that made, did, the, that when made did that sense. happen?
2: That made sense. You know, when he when said did that, that. happen?
1: <laughs> get out. Just get out. And he leaves mm. and he's pissed. And Sammy's like, oh no, I have, I have done goofed. And again, you can kind of see perspectives here. It's the thing with like a lot of the time with WWE storytelling, you can't justify. The actions or the thoughts of a lot of characters, just because yeah. from a storytelling perspective, they just don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. But this storyline has been so excellent because even though Roman Reigns is the villain and is wrong, you can still justify yeah. his thoughts and actions within his own
2: character. Yeah, I loved it. Mwah! It's brilliant. He wasn't he wasn't psychopathic for the sake of being psychopathic. It in a lot of it's kind of true. Roman hasn't been a a, a, a douchebag towards Sammy. He's actually been nice to him. Gave him a t-shirt, ate popcorn with him. So if you think about it, he did all these nice things with him and then he's like, this guy's still not happy. It's like Sammy's uh, neuroticness just gets in the way of things. And mm-hmm. I, I do feel like, yeah, we're meant to be true. Sammy's a protagonist in this story. Roman's the villain, you know, he's the antagonist in the story. But I can't help but see things from the villain point of view. It's right. I just want you to love me the way I love you. which Even though that's a lie, because he's not. He's incapable of loving. The only thing he loves is those belts and the accolades that comes with it. But at the same time, I, I do appreciate that they they've they've humanized the story or Roman's warped mind. But again, it's also the case because Roman reigns, how much of it is uh, sincere you now, how much of it is manipulation. Right. That that to me was this whole thing was I'm watching
1: this and I'm like, okay, I can understand your thought process. At face value Mm -hmm. but i can also understand all of this if you do not mean a single word of it and it is all just manipulation Mm -hmm. because we saw last week we saw paul Heyman go and talk to sammy and say roman wants you to do this by yourself and give him that confidence and everything and then to take that away you can totally understand sammy's point of view because he's like i'm being told one thing and shown another i
2: just want that to make sense i just you know roman but roman said you're not meant to think i tell you if i tell you to jump you say how high that's that's the thing we talked about last week and i watch people comment is like roman did not want sammy to win because if sammy won sammy would be insufferable he'd have been like y- y- you see that because I-, I i won and then also there's also the part of roman who goes can i really beat kevin owens because roman reigns in uh, as the tribal chief hasn't beaten kevin owens clean by himself without some sort of shenanigans and help while Sami Zayn has beaten Kevin Owens before, Roman hasn't done it clean as the tribal chief and he didn't want the first victory over Kevin Owens clean or, or the the, fo- the first defeat has to come from Roman, not Sami. So is meant to weaken Roman. I mean, meant to weaken Kevin Owens, not beat him. That's the thing. Because Sami, Sami Zayn is meant to be the underling. Because Sami wins, Sami will be like, you see this? I'm the guy. I'm the man. So Roman has to humble him and be like, you walk behind me, you know in front of me. But Sami Zane, Saminess, or Zayness, <laughs> Zayniness, is what's ruining cuz Sami is incapable deep down of taking orders. He wants to, he thinks he can, but there's a part inside of him inside of him that likes to the master strategist. Where does that come from? You can't be a master strategist if you're following someone's orders. See, the real Sami is actually battling <laughs> as well there's like a duality going on as well
1: oh it's so good and we'll get into more of this as we get on with the episode because this does not stop here not even close i love this story raquel rodriguez announces her entry into the royal rumble with another bad promo I don't know what it is about the scripting or delivery of her promos, but they're worse
2: than a no, lot. of No, she's it, just a bad baby face. Trust me, you turn her here and she's smiling again. Wrong, but the dialogue in these things is terrible. It's great. No, I, I, it's, is, is indirectly, it's bad, but I, I, find it bad, humorous. I, I, I enjoy it because you can tell I'm gonna be in the Royal Rumble, smiley face. Yeah, (laughs) not a fan.
1: We then had our next tournament match, that being Hit Row against Los Lotharios, and this was interesting. This was a curious match. It was not long at all, as was the case with basically the rest of the matches on this show, unfortunately. Mm. I think the longest match after the opener went like five minutes, something like that. It wasn't a night for the wrestling part, which is a shame because there were a lot of matches, but this one was very short, Michael Cole was really giving it to top dollar on commentary in this yeah. match. He was like, oh, I wouldn't call to- I wouldn't call hit row high Flyers really making a point of, of you know needling top dollar about the dive that got messed up a few weeks ago. And then top dollar goes outside the ring and he gives it back to Michael Cole. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, keep running your mouth, keep running your mouth And Michael Cole's like, whoa like what what what's happening here? Los Atharios hit stereo dives bfab trips up umberto as uh, he's getting back in the ring he holds his leg or she holds his leg and then uh, ashante just rolls him up gets the three and everyone's like what boo that can't do that boo and then just to really hit it home top dollar goes over and tears up a fan sign so by all accounts it appears that hit row are now heels
2: yes uh, which which we thought was established last week but my my the only thing it was for me it was it was bizarre it was heel versus heel if you mm-hmm. think about it, Los Lafarrios are not baby faces, And I guess it was a continuation of that little mini feud they had when uh, Hit Row first came back. So, uh, but at the same time, this match reminded me, like I needed reminding, Los Los Lofarios are underrated as a tag team. Please don't treat them like the Colognes, you know, Primo Epico. <laughs> like, as in, don't forget them, because they got repackaged as, like, handsome ladies' man, and then they kind of dropped doing segments and kiss cams with them and they're not just a tag team and then eventually tag teams like this they'll get another repackaging and I don't want them repackaged again I think they got they got the right gimmick they just needs to be pushed more they're a great team it's a shame that they lost but at the same time Hit Row is a Triple H investment which needs to pay off so I understand why they won. For me, it, it, was, it was two teams that I like and one I haven't seen in a while and I want them to do well. <laughs> and there's another team that come back and their run hasn't gone so well and then now Hills, you have to establish them. There was other babyface tag teams they could have had or put together. I don't know, Madcap is in, you know, catering. You could have teamed up with someone for this match yeah
1: i mean this wasn't los Otharios' night this wasn't the show that was dedicated to them in any way so like i get it it's
2: tough but push them because yeah. i don't i don't want i don't want any los matadores appearance you know what i'm saying like i'm worried for them because i like the i like the team i like the charisma i like the the chemistry that they have as a team just give them a female manager to be the mouthpiece if that's the problem you know you know, what's, 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 you know, what's uh, the old manager of Los clothes? Was it, was it Rose, Rosie? Ro- I think it was
1: Rosa Mendez.
2: Rosa yeah. Mendez. What's she doing nowadays? I don't know. Get someone out of developmental to be their manager. Because I think that's probably be the thing to rejuvenate them. WWE one-on-one. If a tag team's flagging, give them a new manager and then really push,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Also worth mentioning that the whole LA Night Return of the Firefly Funhouse thing took place just before this match. But we move. Braun Strowman declares for the Royal Rumble, and then Charlotte Flair makes her way out for a promo. I hope you enjoy this promo, because this is the only women that you're getting on this show. Charlotte Flair comes out. She calls out Sonya, and they, 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 they wait a little bit, and then Sonya comes out, says that Charlotte is entitled And uh, she's arrogant and nobody ever treats her like a star when she comes through. But she is a star. And Charlotte says that Sonya is a star. She's always told her that she's a star, but wonders why she's so arrogant and entitled that she thinks that she can hop the line and get another title match when she's already beat her.
2: Did she look in the mirror when she said that? But anyway, I I just want to say that. Yeah. Uh, So, again, this is filler. Yeah. The Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble. It's a weird feud mini feud placement when you got the Royal Rumble coming up because don't put Charlotte in the Rumble again do you know mm-hmm. what I mean because they've done that before as champion Charlotte needs a credible opponent because at the moment the Smackdown women's division is a lot of losers yeah. as in they haven't done the, the work with outside of the core women that gets featured there's other women like Sonya Deville who hasn't really had a convincing win in a feud in a long time and Charlotte already beat her so it's kind of like it's kind of like a, like a backwards booking of like Okay, she lost convincingly in the first time, but we're gonna drag out this feud. But why? Unless they do this a stupid thing where Charlotte has to tie her hand behind her back in the in the Royal rumble match mm-hmm. against um, Sonya. I don't. I don't. There's there's no reason for us to see this feud because truth to be told, Sonya hasn't earned the opportunity. Yeah. She's right in pointing out the hypocrisy in Charlotte's character, the babyface. But the person themselves hasn't been booked to be a credible threat. So for me, is a waste of TV because I know who's gonna win and there's no point in this feud if that makes sense. Yeah. I want Sonya to do, I want Sony to feud with someone else. Then get back to Charlotte if that makes sense. Do the groundwork. Is that they hopped her in front of the queue, cause maybe cause you know rumors that Ronda Rousey's not gonna be the Rumble. There's probably the, you know, storylines they had planned for the Rumble, which got scrapped. But for me, this is, I'm not feeling, this is like, every time I see them talk or interact, it screams, filler, filler. put back Raquel, even though Raquel's in the Rumble, I would have more liked to see Raquel versus Charlotte, and Raquel be like, hey, you you stole my spot, there's a ready-made storyline, you don't have to, like, make stuff up. Yeah, there there are some stuff there that they could do that I don't
1: know would be great, but would be better than what we've had, but it Mm. also requires more, like, work to have been done previously, like if they knew that they were going to have Charlotte come in and be champion around this time, why would you not build up a number of credible challengers that would make for decent matches? Like why couldn't we have been seeing Emma winning matches on TV since she's come back just to set something up for in, I know that Emma's not going to beat Charlotte, Mm. but I would be more interested in seeing a match between Emma and Charlotte. And if Emma has won a bunch of matches leading up to that, I think that would have been pretty neat. Same thing with like, again, if Shayna had been winning matches throughout the fall, That's why are we not fun. getting a Charlotte and Shayna type match? And again, yeah. it's early. We'll probably get that as we go on. But as we're sitting here now, none of the women on SmackDown have any sort of win record that would justify them getting a title shot. And now when you don't have Ronda Rousey around to be the top w-
2: woman on SmackDown, there's a huge void of credible challengers. Never fear. There's a vignette coming up that can solve all our issues. Jesus
1: Christ. All right. Roman Reigns is then getting counsel from his wise man in the next excellent segment on this show. And uh, Heyman says that he never liked Sammy. But with the Royal Rumble coming up and him facing Kevin Owens, of all people, would it not make more sense to have Sami Zayn in the castle pissing out than outside the castle pissing in? And Roman thinks about it. He just thinks. But I love this for a completely different reason, because we so rarely at this point get to actually see what Paul Heyman is thinking about everything. Bingo. Like getting the wise man's input on a show like this is so valuable because it's another perspective. It's like we don't need to hear from like Solo Sokoa. (laughs) You know, we don't mm-hmm. need to hear from Jimmy Uso all the time. Mm-hmm. Only when it's appropriate, and mm-hmm. I think that helps. It it eliminates so much of the chatter that could clog up a, a segment or a storyline like yeah. this. And you have Paul Heyman now, when it is thematically appropriate, just being like, "Okay, I know you're upset." He talks to him with very hushed tones, like, "Okay, Shabazz, we're gonna we're gonna calm down. We're gonna okay. You're gonna just uh, listen. Would it not? Would it not? Maybe, maybe make make more sense." To do it this way, trying to talk Roman off of this ledge of being Mm. pissed off at Sami Zayn and just telling him, maybe you're wrong. Maybe there's a better way. But seeing Paul Heyman as the one in this this setting just offers another point of view Mm -hmm. that makes this whole storyline even more layered.
2: Oh, it's freaking good, isn't it? Um, like you said, I think because we rarely see Paul Heyman's point of view, he's always playing the peacemaker or reacting to situations so it's kind of like, we finally know, he's not a huge fan of Sami Zayn or schmooley as he likes to call him uh, but at the same time he recognises um, what Sami brings to the table, especially in this feud because if you think about it, they more or less brought him in during the Kevin Owens feud that's mm-hmm. when they found him the most valuable so it's kind of like, do not undo all the work that you've put into the Sami Zayn project when we're so close to getting what we want, which is Kevin Owens, out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And rarely do we ever see behind the scenes them plotting. Because mm-hmm. usually when they plot, it's, you know, they drive, they're driving off somewhere. Solo's there. Oh, his solo's always there. But this is the first time where we, we the camera, we get to see <laughs> how Paul <laughs> operates, which is why I've always known is uh, Roman Reigns the hothead he must talk him off a ledge mm-hmm. and we saw that right now
1: oh it's so good mm. i really really enjoy this and it's not the end either because there's more to come oh i had another thing to say about this and i can't remember what it was but it was so good love this segment. if you remember
2: please it. please do do a set and just uphand everything just and
1: boom you, like, right into the point that yeah. i was going to make uh after all that we get uh Lacey Evans is coming back. Operation
2: Cobra Clutch. Yes. Now we know what's going to happen now, ladies and gentlemen. Possibly an elimination chamber. Operation Cobra Clutch, Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair, everyone's two favorite blonde women wrestling each other like they were meant to before Lacey got pregnant and off our television screen. This is great.
1: (laughs) Boy, I remember when Lacey Evans got pregnant and was off TV for a year. That was fun. Legado del Phantasma then took on Maximum Male Models in another match that did not go very long. This one was, like, just kind of a match. Like, it was a match, but it was really short. Like, the first one had a heel turn, and it had interference, and there was, Mm. you know, there, there were some layers to it, but it was very short. This was just a very short match. And like Maximum male models Aren't winning matches Around here They
2: never win matches Triple H I, We get it It's a Vince McMahon project You want nothing to do with it But they're entertaining Watch the vignettes On YouTube They're quite funny They remind me of The fashion police I was just
1: gonna f- say they the fashion police Yeah mm.
2: Fashion files baby Like Maxine Dupree Has grown into her role They, 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 they schmucks If you like Zoolander They got Zoolander humor They've got potential To get over As baby faces If you push them Don't treat them Like Mean Street Posse 2023. They ain't got more to offer. Mace is a big guy. He's big. Use him as a big guy. Mansoir!
1: <laughs> I was just going to see how long this was going to go. Uh, yeah, Legato got the win with their Inziguri side Russian leg sweep combo, and also Zelina Vega is going to be in the Royal Rumble. That was all that there was to note with this match. Uh, and then... We've got another bloodline segment because these are the best things on this show. Sami Zayn, well, at some point here, Paul Heyman tells Sami Zayn that Roman Reigns wants to speak with him. That's all that segment was. Sami Zayn then goes to see Roman and Roman apologizes for lashing out. Like, that's on me. That's on me. All Sami wants is good communication. The most important part of any relationship is good communication, so I'm told. (laughs) Sami, like, immediately perks up and he's like, yeah, all is well again. Yeah, okay. Same page. Yeah, we're 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 good. Bloodline, everything. Thumbs up. Sammy says that he'll do anything to put the, uh, the bloodline first. Anything that Roman ever needs, all he has to do is ask. Roman says, all right, I need you to go and get the Usos, who I don't know why they were at the show. They were never involved in really anything. They weren't even invited to go out for the, the contract signing by Roman, but regardless, no. they were just there to hang out, I suppose. Fair enough. He says, go get the Usos, go get the SUVs prepped so that as soon as this contract signing is done, we can cut. We can get out of here. And Sammy's like, say no more. I got this. No problem whatsoever. And Roman Reigns gives him the fist bump. This is Sammy. He's so happy. And again, this goes back to how much of any of this is genuine and how much of all this is manipulation because oh, yeah.
2: I'll go right into the main event segment because it came right next. Oh, before, before you go into the main event segment, there's a, there's a huge line that was mentioned in that mm. when he said, when Roman said he wants the same amount of love and respect that he gives, he wants it back. He wants the same. So in Roman's mind, so that, that was a key thing because when I was watching, I was like, ah, that line, Roman saying, like, all I want is for someone like the same love and respect that I give. I want that back as well. Poor Roman. In Roman's mind, he's gi- he has given Sammy everything. Compared to, to Jay Uso and Jimmy mm-hmm. Uso. Whoo, he's given a lot. And then Sammy fell for it. No, oh no, no. We love you. Come on. You're the best. You know, like Roman knew saying that line. It was just a guilt trip Sammy even more. To make him think that he's being ungrateful. Because Roman apologized, but he still used a line in my mind that undid always the apology. Because in his mind, you don't love me the way I love you or perceived to love you. He's such a great mob boss. He (laughs) is. And
1: I don't know how much of any of this is genuine. I would reckon Mm -hmm. none of it. Zero. zero. This man is the master manipulator Mm -hmm. for this generation of wrestling. And it is fantastic to see. I love thinking about what we could have seen like last week with the seven uh, seven Owens, Kevin Owens-Sammy Zayn thing, mm. where, again, you talk about the whole theory of Roman Reigns not wanting Sammy to get a big head and everything, and you see why Roman Reigns gets so frustrated with Sammy's reaction to that because you look at the possible outcomes of the match last week. Sammy wins, and then all of a sudden Sammy gets a big head, and he's like, oh, did you see what I just did? And now there's added pressure on Roman to also be able to do what Sammy just did, potentially. Oh, yes. Sammy loses. That's bad. That's disappointment. You don't want the bloodline looking weak and everything. Mm. So then you do what you think is best and just go out there and beat up Kevin Owens at the end of the match. And still, you're having to hear this, this, this chatter in your ear of someone not being grateful. Someone not going along with the plan and just being like... I just want some peace. I don't want... I just want this problem to be dealt with. And now you're being a problem because I
2: have to hear it from you. Imagine. So imagine if Sammy did win, how Umberra will be. He's like, hey, hey, I could show you how to beat him. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy to be like, right. so this is the way... And you'll be like, you want to teach the tribal chief how to beat Kevin Owens? So there's a reason why Roman did what he did because even in this episode, you see the Sammy, he he is growing his his spine back. He mm-hmm. is... Thinking for himself again. He, you know, there's voices in his head. The fact that he said that, oh, Kevin said, you're using me. And and, then we're we're finally hearing what Sammy, like Kevin Owens' words are finally getting through to Sammy. We're getting close to him actually seeing the light. There's a little flicker at the end of the tunnel. I'm
1: so excited for this Royal Rumble match. And this, of course, leads into our main event segment that being the contract signing for Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. And they just, Skip the whole contract signing part, went straight to the brawl, and sure, save time. I'm I'm with it. Yeah, Down. cut right to the action. Mm -hmm. Because Roman Reigns comes out, and he sits at the end of the table, because he's the head of the table, which I thought was a brilliant little piece of business. It was maybe a little telegraphed by the fact that they put the the table sideways, so Mm. he could do that and still not be obscured by the hard camera and everything. But it's fine. Doesn't matter. I thought it was really cool staging for the purposes of the story that they're telling. And he puts his feet up, got some nice J's on. And then Kevin Owens does not come out down the ramp. He just rushes the ring from the crowd. No t- music or nothing. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just attacks solo. Sokoa attacks Roman hits a stunner. The Usos come out. He super kicks both the Usos. And then he puts Roman through the table with the pop, the pop-up power bomb. And through all this right at the end, Kevin grabs the contract from Paul Heyman. He signs it. And that's when Sammy comes out and Sammy comes down he gets on the apron. He looks at him and Kevin tosses the contract to him, And, he, and that's, that's the end of the show. And I, I don't know this cause I'm not in the room, mm. but I can just imagine next week. Romans gonna be like, Sammy, where were you? And he's going to be like, God, yeah, I was just doing what you told me to do. I was trying to get the, mm-hmm. the SUVs and blah, blah. Just like, no, I got attacked. You're the one that's supposed to be there to take the bullet for me. And you weren't there putting the blame on Sammy, making Sammy feel conflicted. They could go a totally different direction, they but could, I was yeah. watching this segment and getting excited for segments that are coming a week from now at the Rumble. Week after that, I'm excited about every
2: possible scenario that could come from this show. Michael Cole actually did a good... Uh, uh, I loved how he yelped when uh, um, Kevin was the Pop-Up Powerbomb. That's the kind of energy you need. And it's times like this, I wish we had Bobby Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> for goes, Where was he? Whose side is he on? You know, yeah. that kind of... Adds to the energy, or even Jr. You know, classic Jr. Calls, because that was that kind of energy, that 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 crescendo, that moment that you know is taking a few to the next level. Because Monday is Rule thirty. Mm-hmm. there's going to be everybody from the bloodlines to, to acknowledge him so I think they're going to save the Sammy portion of the storyline for Smackdown because Raw is more of the acknowledgement ceremony it would be it be funny if, if Sammy goes like oh can I speak to you uh, you know tribal chief not now I'm busy because I'm getting ready to do this we we'll speak on Smackdown or whatever it would be great to see that mm-hmm. or he's in charge again all we'll the lay I can see Sam just giving all the lace, all like that, you know, all the head streakers and the, the Wild Samoans, <laughs> you know, all all, all the obscure uh, members of the Bloodline. Could we see Jacob Fatu? Who knows?
1: <laughs> we'll see. But well, that pretty much caps off SmackDown, and it was uh, it was the tag team match and Bloodline show, mm-hmm. and I didn't get anything out of the tag team matches other than the first one. The yeah. first one on the mm-hmm. show was the best match on the show by a mile. Right. If you were into the return of the Firefly Funhouse, you had that as well as a highlight or major talking point of the show. Mm-hmm. But the real meat of the show was the, th- the thread stitching everything together of the bloodline and Sami Zayn as it always is. Right. Roman Reigns being on this show, interacting with Sami Zayn is must see television. I, I love this storyline and talking about it. Cause we could just skip over this nonsense wrestling match that we have to watch right. with all these tag team, whatever's if you just watch the bloodline clips and the opening tag match, this is a fantastic show. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's a lot of nonsense to kind of sift through. So I mean, in my edited review, I gave this like a three out of five, just cause so much of the middle of that no, show is nothing. I agree. But
2: the bloodline stuff on this show was excellent. I'm still shocked there was no women's match. I um, don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I feel like there's a lot going on in terms of creative. But anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah there could well be. I mean. No women. No women on this hmm, show. Sounds like someone that used to run it used to. <laughs> anyway, not going to anyway. go there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But that will bring our review of SmackDown to a close. But before we get out of here, we have some very special shout-outs to give. That being... Our Pledge Hammers are $25 and above Pledge Hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. If you go over there, you can get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show like this. And if you subscribe now, there are a ton of bonus content that you can get available only at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk. You can get the full uncut version of Survival Series. We we put out an extra podcast every single week, that being WrestleTalk Extra, where we review a a random wrestling paper. Not random. It's voted on by you. You can have your votes read out random! <laughs> this year, it's Royal Rumble 2005. The Knees Royal Rumble, where Vince McMahon's knees exploded. So you wanna, you might want to go over there and check that out, because it's a very entertaining show. It's behind-the-scenes podcast. There's After Dark. Loads of fun stuff, so make sure you go over there. But, of course, if you subscribe to the $25 and above tier, you get your own custom wrestling nickname read out on a show just like this. So, I still don't know if the Hall of Fame music works on a recording, so... I'm gonna hit that just in case, and a big shout out to the incredible Tarzo. Yeah. Keep rolling, the Rick Pack. Yeah. Tony Jabroni. Yeah. The freak out, Trey Gully. Yeah. Vincent Shaw Loki Garcia. Yeah. Vito Ventora, pet detective. Yeah. Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thomas, the prize hooker. Solaranzo. Solar Oh, Solar Solorzano! So, 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 so Solorzano! So we put a pronunciation in there just so at the end. See, Sack, can't for, read. For, first first try.
1: And also, as this is the final set of shout-outs for the month of January, we, of course, want to give a big shout-out to our wonderful moderation team. They are the ones that keep this ship going, and they do not get nearly enough credit. So, a big shout-out to Andy! A shout-out to my brother, Chris. A shout-out to Jalen. My brother, John.
2: Our brother, Les. My brother, Rob. Shout-out to Paul. And, of course, the mother of all mods, Jenna. We love you.
1: And a shout-out to Sean.
2: Thank you very much for your continued
1: help and support. We could not do this without you mods. And a big shout out to all of our $25 and above uh, pledge hammers. Again, go over to patreon.com forward slash Russell Talk. The only better time to do it today was yesterday. But the second best time right now so make sure you do that and i thank you once again sat for joining me thank you brother
2: of the black mask house of the black mask you better sing at the royal rumble watch along party because he's gonna win the championship the first championship of this group he's a former champion he's been an liw man but his house of the black mask is a new group we're gonna get over if you come in and you want to be part of house of the black mask you will Better wear a black hoodie and a black beanie or a black cap. Everything black. Okay. Black, 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 black. black. Black is on you, black.
1: (laughs) And you know what else is black? The strap for that championship. And I'm taking it back, Luke Owen. Yes, he is. I'm going to be the Jam That Champion, gonna be champion. once and forevermore. Oh, you're forever champion. Until then, we in. are the House of the Black Mask. Yeah. We'll see you next week. <laughs> jam That Jam.
3: Jam it! The